You're listening to the Elevate Podcast, the official podcast of the Coastal LA Singles Ministry, where our focus is reaching up, reaching in, and reaching out. Uh, great to be with you guys. Uh, I was glad when uh, Steve asked me to come out, and uh, I'm basically going to give you a presentation that I'd given the staff uh, last week at our staff retreat. Um, so it's a little bit kind of I'm going to try to make it not be too corporate-y, you know, because it's kind of like a what are we doing, where are we going kind of thing. But I, it really, uh, w- when we talked about this, uh, Steve and and, uh, and Jackie said, you know, this is, is great for the singles ministry. So some of this will sound a little bit familiar for th- those of you who have been around a long time. Uh, but uh, go ahead and turn your Bibles, if you would, over to Hebrews chapter 5. I'm going to say a word of prayer, and then uh, we'll jump into the lesson. Let's pray. God, thank you uh, just to belong to you. Thank you for uh, what amazing thing it is to be your sons and daughters. And uh, God, I know nothing uh, we have done could ever deserve that, uh, Father, the privilege of belonging to you. Uh, Thank you so much for this ministry. Uh, Thank you for the people that uh, it's reaching. Thank you for those uh, who it has reached. And uh, Father, I pray that you'd fill us all with with your spirit here tonight, God, as we sang about God, just that he would burn in our hearts and that he would flow through our veins, that he would move us and inspire us. I pray that you'd speak to us uh, through your word and to help us to, to be excited about what you're doing in our lives. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. So the title uh, of the series that, that uh, we're going to be doing, as uh, Steve mentioned, is Connect, Change, Thrive. And um, basically that's a slogan for what we're trying to accomplish here in, in the singles ministry in Costa LA. And um, uh, I'm just going to tell you a little story, kind of how we arrived at this. Uh, a number of years back, um, several of the ministers here in, our, uh, in the region, we were, read a book called Simple Church. And this book talked about how there's different churches that grow and others that don't. And there's churches that are shrinking, there's churches that are growing. And they did this long, extensive study on churches and ministries that were growing. And they realized that all of the churches that were growing had, had something in common, and that was... They had a real clear process for growth that everyone in the church knew. And everyone uh, kind of understood this process of church growth. And, so it was, and it was a simple process, like a stepwise process. All of them had that. And, uh, and, and so the book kind of walked you through uh, an exercise of trying to figure out well, what is our process? What are we trying to accomplish? What are we trying to do? And, and the first thing we identified is, okay, what is it that we are trying to produce? And there was a, a kind of an exercise that walked you through that. And, and, and to get there, I want to read a couple verses. Hebrews 5, it says, I'm going to take this mic off here so I can wander around a little bit. Okay, Hebrews 5, it says, We have much to say about this, but it's hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature who, by constant use, have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Okay, so this is the Hebrew writer uh, writing to the Hebrews, and he's talking about a problem they had. What was the problem that the Hebrew writer is addressing? What was the issue? Anybody, raise your hand and I'll call him. I heard they weren't maturing. Okay, any, any other thoughts on that? Cahill, what? They were drifting. Okay, yeah, that's kind of a theme throughout Hebrews. Yeah. Huh? They were not growing. Okay, good. Anybody else? 
Yeah. Okay, they didn't understand what righteousness was. Would you say they were self-motivated based on this verse? No, there was an issue with their motivation, right? Because uh, it says, Solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. There's a self-motivation there, right? So they weren't self-motivated. Uh, they were, were they young Christians or old Christians? Old Christians probably, right? Because he says, by this time you ought to be teaching others and said you need somebody to teach you. So they were older Christians who weren't maturing. They weren't continuing in their faith. Okay? Uh, and it says you need milk, not solid food. So they were, they were an infant stage. You know, you think about an infant. Uh, what, what are some qualities of, of an infant? They're helpless. Okay? They cry a lot. They're all about themselves, right? Yeah. They can't do anything for themselves. Yeah. They're sleeping a lot. Infants, now infants are cute, right? I mean, infants are cute. I think God made it that way so we'd take care of them. Because if you really think about it, they're annoying. I mean, I've, I've had three kids. And, uh, I mean, they are completely self-focused. There's nothing that's giving at all about an infant. It's completely, they're a complete consumer, right? And that's fine because that's the stage that they're at. They're an infant and it's fine. But if they grow up and they become a teenager, that's where we are now in our life. We have have a 16-year-old, a 14-year-old, an 11-year-old, and we are trying to help them not to be consumers. I won't say which one, but one of them in particular is a lot of a, he's really a consumer we want him, him he or she is a consumer <laughs> and we want he or she to become more of a giver because you want him to mature you know a baby is cute but it, but if if it doesn't mature you know nobody thinks it's a sisters i know you know you you have probably a certain brother you're you're interested in uh in terms of in your mind like this is the brother i hope god provides in my life and I'm sure, I would just guess that it's not, you know, a dude who is well into his 30s living in his, husband, in his parents' basement playing video games all day. Do you know what I'm saying? I would guess. Am I right, sisters? Okay. You, you want a guy, my guess is that you want a guy who's providing for himself and, and can provide for others and who's doing something. He's not, he's not a consumer, right? And the same thing spiritually God wants a church that's full of people who are not spiritual infants. So in this exercise I was talking about, when we're talking about what do we want to produce, we know what we don't want is the church to be a church of consumers. We don't want the church to be a church of people who even have been around a long time, but everything's about me. What, what about me? I haven't gotten any milk yet, and he's got milk. You know what I mean? Like, we want a church who is this mature, who by constant use have trained themselves, that, you know, people take ownership of their own spiritual lives, that they're not dependent, totally dependent on, on others. Okay, so that's one verse on this. Another great verse on this is Ephesians 4. Right before this passage, it talks about leaders in the church and what our job is. And it says God provides leaders in the church. He provides apostles and prophets he provides pastors and teachers and evangelists. And the job of an evangelist, the job of a teacher, the job of a pastor, the job of a leader in the church is to prepare the church to do works of service so that it can become mature. And he uses that word mature. 
not lacking anything. So God's vision of the of the church is one where everybody is becoming mature and they're not dependent anymore. And here it says, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head. That is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. This is a great description. I encourage you to even to read the passages before this and after this, you know, on your own, on your own or whatever. But this is God's description of a mature church where everybody is, they're taking responsibility for their own spiritual life and each part is doing its work. Everybody is invested. You know, it's a mature church. Now that you're going to have new people come in, but the goal is not that they stay new. They don't stay spiritual babies, but they mature and they take on ownership and they become a part of this body that where each part does its work. You know, that what it describes in Ephesians is not a church where the leaders are doing everything. It's a church where each part does its work and the leaders are just kind of facilitating that happening. Does that make sense? Uh I mean, that sounds like an awesome church to be in, right? So that's what we're trying to do. And so the, 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 uh, when we went through the, this process of trying to figure out what do, we want, what do we want to produce, what do we want our ministry to produce, this is, you went through a process where you kind of whittled it down on what do you, what's absolutely necessary. And, and so what we came up with was we wanted disciples, we wanted a ministry of people who were humble, transforming, passionate, and fruitful. Whatever ministry it is, singles ministry, teen ministry, campus ministry, marriage ministry, this is what we want. We want to see a mature church where everybody is this. You know, that's, that's a mature church where each part does its work and each part is there. So how do we do that? What are some things that we do that? What are some programs? What are some things we do? And so we went through this process of, of talking about, okay, what are things that our church does? What are, uh, you know, there's, there's churches that have all kinds of different programs, all kinds of different things. And we said, okay, well, what are some of the things that we do? We have Sunday service. We have family groups. We do D times. Uh, if you're a disciple, we do studies. If you're studying the Bible, you know, if you want to become a disciple, we do studies. And then, and then we have leadership tracks. We have different roles that people have, different ministries people serve in. You know, some people are on tech team or worship team or, uh, you know, they, they have, they're leading a Bible talk or whatever. There's, there's these different roles people have. So those are some of the things that we do. We thought, okay, is there any way that these things are related to each other? And so we realized that, okay, Sunday service, that kind of corresponds to a big group. That's like the crowd. Uh, family group, that corresponds to a smaller group of people. Uh, D times or studies, that corresponds to two people or three people. You know, you, when you get together, it's, you don't do a study usually with seven people or eight people. Or if you do, it's not very productive. You know, it's usually best with about two or three or four people at the most. It's, it's small. And then leadership serving, that's something that's et- internal. That's each one of us taking this on. So then we, the more and more we talked about that, we thought, you know, these things are related. And we, we, we came up with an easy way to remember those things. And that was worship, friendship, discipleship, ownership. So worship being the big group, a Sunday service. Uh, friendship is the small group. Discipleship is the two two people or three people. Ownership being that Everybody, everybody has a role. Everybody is, is invested. And we realized, you know, Jesus did this, this kind of stuff. You know, he spoke to the crowds, right? He had the big group he interacted with. He also had his, his small group where they, they, 
He had his chosen 12, and he did a lot of things with that with them. He also had a group of two or three. Often he would just be with Peter and James and John, or just Peter and John, or just, just two here or two there. And the goal was that everyone would become like him. You know, Peter, Simon Peter had said, uh, was crucified, and, and he was crucified upside down because he said, I don't deserve to die like my Lord died. And so he was crucified upside down. But each one of the apostles became like Jesus, and they gave up their lives. And so, you know, you have these same, this same ministry in Jesus' ministry. And so we realize that these things are, are not just four things that we do, but they're connected. What I mean by that is like, okay, so, so worship is kind of the entry point. The, that's the first thing you try to get... Get somebody to come to church or see the big group. But then that's not enough to get to ownership. We've got to get tied into a group of friends. We've got to get tied into a small group. And so worship leads to friendship. Friendship leads to discipleship. So within the small group, if you don't have discipleship, what happens is whoever's leading the group gets overwhelmed and worn out because they're trying to meet everybody's needs. Hey, you've got ten people in your group and you're the leader. You get totally overwhelmed. But if you have discipleship where there's two or three groupings of two or three, then everybody's kind of gets, gets more change going on and growth going on. And the goal is ownership that everybody is that mature Christian that we read about, where, where you, you've trained yourself to distinguish good from evil. You're, you're, you've, you're invested. That you're not just a consumer, right? You're not a baby. You're not a spiritual baby. You're, you've grown up spiritually. So that's the goal. And, it, and it, uh, it's kind of a cycle because... Uh, you know, if you are invested, then you're also con- contributing to worship. You're, you know, you're bringing people to church. You're serving in the ministry somehow or whatever. So it's kind of it's a process, not just four things that we focus on, but, but it's a process that we do. So, uh, you know, th- and everything that we do should fit that. You know, every, every program the church has should fit this somehow, or every, everything that we're investing in should, should fit that in some way. There should be a rhyme and reason why we do it. So we, there's different metaphors for this, you know, uh, this process. One is an example is from seed to tree. So, for example, uh, a seed is planted in worship. It's watered in friendship, grows in discipleship, and thrives in ownership, fruitful in ownership. So that's just a metaphor, you know, for kind of, okay, this is, I see, I get it. I see how this all fits together. I see how this, how this works. And so we tried to come up with a slogan that would help us remember those things. And so the slogan that we came up with was connect, change, thrive. We connect to God in worship. We connect to others in friendship. We change in discipleship and we thrive in ownership. And, you know, this is it, it made me feel like, yeah, that's right. This is what I love about our church, because there's a lot of churches out there that are preaching about Jesus. And amen to that. And there's a lot of churches that do a great job with worship. You know, there's churches that do a much better job than we do in terms of the professionalism and, and you know, the, putting on a great, amazing kind of performance on Sunday. Because there's, there's other churches that that's, their whole, that's kind of everything they focus on. And so we try to learn from them. We try to get better. You know, hopefully you've seen over the last 10 years our, our church services have improved in professionalism. And hopefully there's not as many distractions as there used to be and you know, it's a, it's a time to connect to God, and hopefully you experience that at church on Sunday, that you feel like you connect to God. Uh, and so there's other churches that do a great job with that. A lot of churches have small groups. That's kind of the next step, connecting to others in friendship. There's a lot of churches that do small groups. Some maybe do a better job than we do. I think small groups is something we're always learning in and growing in. But you know what? There's not a lot of churches that 
really have this step right here, this discipleship step, either studying the Bible one-on-one. You know, a lot of churches, will, you know, if you come to church, they'll say, okay, here's how you become a Christian. Just that you say the prayer with the pastor, and now you're uh, part of the ministry, you know, or join the new members class. Or There's not really a process of just getting together and talking about your life. That's what I love about our church, and that's where a lot of change really takes place. I know for me, that's when I really changed was just, getting the Bible open, and just studying the Bible and talking. Can you guys relate to that? So this is a key point, and this is the way that lives really get changed. But it's not just when you study the Bible. I feel like in order to mature, you still need that. You still need to get together and really talk about what's going on. Get the Bible open and pray together. And that same thing that helped you become a Christian, I believe, will help you mature as well. And will help if you are a spiritual baby right now. If you're kind of a consumer mentality, discipleship is going to help you to change. Uh, and so, if I go back here for a, a second, uh, whoops, you can kind of evaluate for yourself or for people in your group, or um, you know, where, where am I on this? You know, am I am I at ownership? Am I a, a mature disciple? Am I contributing? Am I investing? Am I fully in? Uh, and if not, then how is discipleship going? Do I have people really in my life? I'm really talking about this. Am I really changing? Am I really, you know, experiencing life change through God and the Holy Spirit working through these interactions that we have with each other? And if not, then, okay, well, am I connected to a group, you know? And so this this helps just in a practical way. Like, for example, uh, we had a, a, a couple of neighbors that came to church with us. Uh, they came over for dinner first. And uh, they came out to church for the first time. And so I wanted to study the Bible with them. But I realized, you know what, I can't just study the Bible with them. I need to connect them to a group. They need to be a part of a small group. Because otherwise it's just I'm their only kind of point of connection. And, and so i got to get them some connections. And so, and, you know, after going through this and really thinking about this a lot, that was what I focused on first. Rather than focusing right on studying the Bible, I said, okay, i got to connect them to a group. So we got them connected to a group, this, this couple, and then, uh, and then from there we started studying the Bible, and, and then they, they got baptized, and they, you know, first husband, then the wife, and, but, but they were so tied in. So it wasn't just on me, because I'm, I'm kind of all over the place, and I'm, you know, I, I realize that it would be way better for them if they have better connections, you know, and so then, then they made it. Um, so it helps with thinking about how am I going to help somebody become a Christian and stay faithful, is this process okay? Let me move on. Okay, connect, change, thrive. All right, so I want to share about my own life a little bit. So I grew up in the church, but um, that our our church was kind of going through a, a process of of even learning this. And uh, you know, my my uh, my family is from the mainline church of christ many generations if if my son jameson gets baptized it'll be eight generations in the in the church of christ and my dad was just telling me um and so but the church of christ was at one point a really vibrant and growing and dynamic church like uh 100 years ago you know if you go anywhere there's churches of christ everywhere and they're they're autonomous so each one is its own thing so you can't really make a blanket statement about them all but i know for me the churches that we were a part of they were dying they were all old people they they weren't you know they weren't vibrant they weren't growing and so this campus ministry movement began in the late 60s early 70s that my family got involved with and so our family kind of started 
to, 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 to really look at this stuff and really see, okay, we need to be involved in each other's lives. And that's the way people really change and grow. So I grew up religious, but a part of the Church of Christ where I, I didn't really get open about my life. And so I reached a point in my teens where I knew about God, I knew the Bible, I believed in God, but this verse totally described me. Having a form of godliness but denying its power. You know, I, I loved God, I loved his Bible, but I, I wasn't changing. I was stuck in sin. And, I, and I, I didn't feel like I had the power in my life to change. And I feel like th- this is true of so many religious people. Uh, and, and so many people that really sincerely love God, they want to serve him, but they don't have, they're not seeing the power uh, maybe that's kind of the past that you came from, but that was totally me. And what really changed for me was making that decision to, to become a disciple, to give up everything and be totally sold out, fully invested, and then having people in my life who were examples of that, where I could be open and talk and kind of walk alongside with. And just this process that we're talking to about Connect, Change, Thrive, that's what really changed me and, and allowed me to change initially. And then through the years, there's been many other points where I, I feel like I kind of started to drift a little bit or I, I started to uh, not be thriving as much. And, and uh, uh, you know, th- those were the moments where I knew I needed to get back into these relationships again because, uh, you know, I was starting to kind of get, you know, the, Jesus talks about the different soils and I was starting to be the thorny soil where the soil is, it's alive, it's not dead, it's, it's there, but it's not fruitful. It's not thriving, it's choked and it's choked by the worries of this life, the seedfulness of wealth, and the desire for other things, Jesus said. And so there's been many times, I remember years ago, like probably about, uh, I got baptized in 1988, so I've been around a long time. But I remember years ago, probably in like 1995, I thought, oh, I'm an old Christian, and I can't be used for anything anymore, and I'm falling into sin, and God can't use me, and you know, uh, I might as well just kind of fade out, you know. <laughs> And it's funny to think, because that was a long time ago, but I've had mo- many moments like that, <coughs> maybe you can relate to, and what turned around for me is this process again, of being tied into a group of friends, having a couple people that I get with and I really talk about what's going on in my life, and then I'm really plugging in. Uh, Connect, Change, Thrive is what helped me to change. And so I really think this process does work. So what are some, so we don't want that, so what, what are some scriptures that come to mind when, it, when, when you think about not being fruitless, but really being fruitful. What are some scriptures that come to mind? Anybody? Yeah. Okay. Jesus said, John 15, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Anything else? Yeah. Okay. God will add to you if you're seeking first his kingdom. Good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Brotherly kindness, love, and brotherly kindness, and, and you keep adding and adding. And yeah, yeah, awesome. That's a great verse about it. Anybody else? A couple that that came to mind for me is you know the one in Matthew th- when he tells the story. He says that the the the, the seed that was uh, good soil it produced a crop thirty, sixty, a hundred times. You know, there's this vibrant growth. It's thriving, and that's Jesus's plan. That's that's what we all want. And so you go, if that's not me, if I'm not seeing God working in my life, then, okay, <clears throat> first thing is to go, okay, why? And then let's figure out if this process can help me to get where I need to be. Another one that came to my mind is, is the one that uh, she mentioned about uh, that, that, that 
through me, you're going to produce fruit. But I love what he says. He says, this is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples uh, in John 15. And anybody here done any gardening before? Okay, a few people have. So, you know, this is not as much a part of our society as it was in Jesus' time, obviously. But if you're the gardener, I mean, that's the thing that you want the most is to see fruit, to see progress, to see something happen. And it's really cool. You know, I've grown some tomatoes before or grown some herbs before. And it's so cool when you see new growth. And it's like, it's working. And and, and, And the cool thing about that, Jesus says, this is not to your glory. He doesn't say, this is to your glory that you bear much fruit, does he? This is to my Father's glory. So God gets the glory when we are fruitful. I just think that's a really cool thing that it's not about me. You know? so, so me being fruitful, it's not a selfish thing. It's, it's, I want to give God more glory by seeing His Holy Spirit work in my life, seeing fruit produce. In Galatians 5, when it talks about fruit, it says, uh, against such things there is no law or no limit you know, to love, joy, peace, patience. You can be ten times as loving as you are now. There's no limit to how loving you can be. There's no limit to how much patience, how much uh, all those fruits of the Spirit that God can produce in your life. Uh, and, and so God wants you to thrive. God wants you to, to, to keep having ever-increasing glory. Like that other verse, uh, 2 Corinthians 3:18 says that we are being transformed into His likeness with ever-increasing glory. God's plan is not that you become a disciple and you change in all these ways and then you just kind of stay the same. Like God's plan is that we continue to change, we continue to grow, we continue to bring Him glory by being transformed. And that's what it means to, to thrive spiritually. So think about yourself and how you fit into this process and kind of maybe where you are in it or what you think about it. Um, there, the, when it comes to each one of these, there's a lot to be done. Like uh, just to give you an example of what we're thinking about as the staff is, okay, for the worship, okay, is... Is this a place where people are connecting? Are people connecting to God in worship? Is it, is it lifting God up? Are, are new people coming? You know, is that, are they coming to church? Are there visitors there? And are they, are, are they being encouraged to take that next step? Like, are they getting connected to a group from church? In South Bay right now, there's a lot of people who are finding us on the Internet these days. And so if they come from the Internet, the goal is that they get connected to a small group. From there, And I feel like we need to do a better job of kind of explaining that every Sunday. Hey, we want to connect you to a small group, and here's what a small group is. And, uh, and, and, but that should be the next step is at our worship services for somebody who comes. Uh, with, when, with friendship, with our family group, is the small group functioning? Is, are, is everybody in a small group? Is the small group? The small group should be more of an organism than a meeting. Do you know what I mean? A family group is not just a meeting time and location. It's a group. It's an organism. It's a body. It's a body of Christ on a smaller scale. And so every, every group needs to be like t- working, and, and there should be a clear leader and a new leader being trained and a plan to, okay, we're going to grow this small group, and then we're going to start a new one uh, over here or over there or whatever. So in, within the singles ministry, that, that needs to be a part of, of small group. And, and what the small group should be doing is facilitating discipleship. So within that small group, uh, guests who are come, people who are new, you're making disciples, you're trying to get them into studies and facilitate that. People who are, are members, disciples, you're trying to make sure they're having D times and they're, they've got discipling relationships and that they're changing and growing. 
And then the, uh, and when it comes to discipleship, everybody has somebody they're meeting with regularly. And everybody uh, has the, what I talked about, like that, that environment where it's you and one other person or two other people with the Bible open and you're really talking about your life because that's where uh, growth really takes place uh, is, is in that discipleship step. And then the next step from discipleship is ownership, that everybody has a vision and everybody has a role and everybody has some way that they're invested. You know, it's not acceptable to... Just be in the church, but you're not a giver, you're not a contributor, you're not giving financially, or you're not using your talents, or you're not in, plugged in in some way. You're not going to make it long term. It's not a matter of, 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 of being judgmental. It's just that's, that's God wants a mature church, like we looked at at the beginning, where each part does its work. So it's not acceptable you know, for, for people to give or not give. It's like we all need to give something. Uh, even the widow who had two copper coins gave something, you know, so... Everybody needs to contribute. Everybody needs to to share their faith. Everybody, you know, that's the mature churches where everybody has everybody's being moved to ownership. Uh, so everyone is, has a, some kind of role. So within your small group, uh, that that should be the goal that everybody is plugged in in some way and doing something. So uh, a few uh, discussion questions for when we break up uh, with this connect, change, thrive idea. Uh, connect. How connected are you feeling to God? How about to other disciples? You know, just be able to talk a little bit tonight about how, how that's going. Change. In what areas do you see the Holy Spirit producing change in your life? How is he using other brothers and sisters in your life to help you grow? Uh, do you feel like you're experiencing life change right now or do you feel like you're stuck? And, and, you know, you can talk about that a little bit. And lastly, thrive. In what ways are you invested in God's church and in his mission? What new ways could you bless others with what God has given you? You know, are, do you feel like you're that mature Christian that we looked at at the beginning in, in Hebrews, or are you more in the consumer infant stage and you need to, you know, you need to change and you need to grow? You could say, with all of this stuff, you know, you could say, and there was a time when maybe in the church there was kind of a thought of, well, should you really even have to have a plan? Because if you love God, you should just want to do what's right. You know, you should just want to share your faith. You should just want to have great friends. And Do you really need to assign a discipling partner? Do you really need to, you know, have a plan for meeting? Do you really, you know... Um, can't we all just be free and, you know, and amen, we're all free. But you do need a plan because otherwise you don't get anything done in any any discipline if you don't have some kind of plan, you know. Uh, I mean, my wife and I, we've been married uh, 22 years, and, uh, I mean, I love her more than ever, but we still need a plan for, like, when we're going to hang out or it just doesn't happen. Or, I got you know, we need a plan for when we're going to talk or just because life is crazy. So I feel like to, to connect the small group, it should be a, a group, but you've got to have some plan. Like, okay, here's when we're going to meet, and here's how we're going to meet. And here's what, you know what I mean? It's not that you're doing that to please God, you're, uh, but, but you need a plan in order to facilitate it happening. But God, we're just uh, humbled to uh, belong to you, as I prayed earlier, and uh, to have all our sins forgiven by the blood of Jesus. And uh, just to be able to pray to you right now, God, it's just an amazing thing that you're the creator of the universe, and yet you hear us as we pray. And uh, Father, thank you that you help us in our weakness. Thank you that you've given us the church to help us to change and grow. And I know there's no greater joy than seeing your spirit working in our lives and feeling like you're using us and feeling like we're making progress. And, and uh, God, I know Satan is the accuser and he tries to drag us down or tries to tell us that we're, we're not this or we're not that or we're, we're, cha- we're not changing or we're not growing or whatever. And, and, and Father, I pray that you would really silence his voice in our in our lives and help us to encourage one another. I know uh, that's really what friendship and discipleship is all about is, is encouragement and uh, spurring each other on, giving each other uh, uh, encouragement to help us become all we need to be. 
pretty blessed our time of discussion right now as we talk about some of these things and, and really be, be becoming a mature church. I pray that the singles ministry here can be known for its maturity uh, spiritually and uh, pretty blessed the discussion that happens right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's uh, break into our groups. You've just listened to the Elevate Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit elevatecoastal.com.